Pete McCall, and welcome to episode 86 of All About Fitness. Before I go into the introduction for today's guest, to those of you who have taken the time to write a review, thank you. A big, sincere thank you. I really appreciate you're giving me that feedback. And if you haven't given me a review, please, if you get a moment, you know how this works. The more reviews we have, the higher up in the search ranking it goes. Because what I'm trying to do is bring you good, insightful information from the experts about how exercise can enhance your quality of life. And that's exactly who I have on today's show. Nick Tuminello is a second-time guest. He's getting ready to release his third book. He's a frequent contributor to Men's Health. He travels around the world teaching workshops to fitness professionals. He and I cross paths quite often, and I always appreciate taking the time to sit down with Nick and talk shop a little bit. And that really is what this podcast is all about. I'm trying to bring you some of the conversations that we have when we bump into each other on the road. Nick is one of these guys. One of the things I really like about him is he takes the complexity of exercise science. Because to you, it might just be sweating. It might just be moving around a little bit. But there's a lot of stuff going on in your body every time you exercise. Nick's gift is he, he can take the complexity of exercise science and explain it in a way that it makes sense. You know, sometimes I get overly complicated with it, and I see somebody like Nick, and he's just able to, boom, go right to the point. So anyway, on today's episode of All About Fitness, we talk about Nick's new book. We talk about the types of training that you should avoid. And we talk about a couple of specific types of fitness that maybe you should be doing to help you push past a plateau and see some results. So after a brief word from the sponsors of All About Fitness, Nick Tumanello. What is part bench, part balance trainer, part stability ball, part jump box, and all results? The TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, specially designed to help enhance balance, strength, agility, and metabolic conditioning. The TerraCore is quickly becoming the go-to piece of workout equipment used by fitness professionals around the world. Whether you're training to earn that eight-figure contract or just trying to get in better shape, the TerraCore will help you achieve results you never thought possible. TerraCore by Vicor Fitness, the shape of things to come. Go to www.vicorefitness.com and use code AAF, that's all about fitness, AAF, to save 20% on the purchase of the TerraCore. I'm Pete McCall with All About Fitness. I'm speaking again today with Nick Tuminello out of Fort Lauderdale. Nick, uh, can you give our listeners a little background about what you're doing right now and what you're up to? Yeah, well, first off, thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, the platform you're providing for people like me me and myself here today. Um, Well, I would say this. I've been writing books. I'm currently working on my third book uh, for Human Kinetics Publishing. It's called Your Workout Perfected. It'll be out spring 2018. I currently still train clients part-time and – have a great career getting to go around the world and speak at many of the same conferences that you're at and go from everywhere from Australia to Canada to the States. Where's been, well, it, of that this last year, and I know we've crossed paths a couple times. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I got to stop. I got to cut it back. I'm down to two packs a day, but uh, I still get a little froggy in my throat. Um, where's <laughs> been your favorite place? Like what's been the place that you've been most surprised? Like when you go to a speak somewhere, you know, sometimes we, we get the same kind of the same sort of convention crowds. Where's been the place that you're like, wow, that was a cool experience. Uh, I would say the Scandinavian, I've been all through Scandinavia, Sweden, Norway, Iceland, several times. 
Uh, and not only are they great places to go if you were just there as a, as a traveler, but I would say the folks there really try to roll out the red carpet, that the hospitality, every, listen, everywhere I go, everybody is super nice and welcoming. It's, you know, it's a, a lucky part of the job that I have. But I would say there especially, they're just really, uh, it's just it, their hospitality and the thoughtfulness and the going out of their way to take uh, us presenters to different places you know, that aren't just during the conference dates, but having us come out three days earlier and having us hang out at a resort or taking us to this destination or that destination, it's, it's really uh, amazing. Now, on that note, I mean, in, in there, if you've been up in, in North, I mean, it seems like with the world's strongest man, every third competitor, you know, the strongman competitors is from that part of the world. When you walk around like Norway or Iceland, do you see that many, like, that many large weightlifter types? Or is that just, just kind <laughs> no. of one of those little weird little, like, kind of, groups of people of gatherings when it comes to the athletes no i definitely don't see a lot of you know <laughs> abnormally monstrous human beings no i don't don't see that at all but you are right I mean, they a lot of them do seem to come from that area at least when you see the some of the reruns on tv of the world's strongest man but no everybody looks fairly uh normal size but then again i'm a pretty short dude i'm only five six everybody's a little bit taller most people are taller than me <laughs> Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about, about training and, and just overall fitness, because we were talking a little bit before, before I hit the, the record button, um, kind of you, you're doing a lot of stuff for the general consumer and that, that's who the audience is for this podcast. What do you think, Nick, what do you think is the one thing that most people need to be doing better in their programs? Cause I think a lot of people go, go to a gym, they work out regularly, but I think they get stuck in a rut. Is that something you've seen? And what do you think that, that people kind of need to be more aware of? when it comes to their own workout programs? Well, I would say you need to be more aware of, of why you're doing it in the beginning. And as trainers, we have these sayings, things like there's working out and there's training, right? So I would say most people, if we're going to say the general consumer or it, what someone might call an exercise enthusiast or recreational exerciser, most people, even though we associate fitness with uh, fat loss or getting bigger arms or more sculpted glutes or whatever terminology is used, it's normally has to do with a physical thing. And yeah, and everybody wants to look better, right? But when it comes down to what our everyday actions are and what our everyday priorities, most of us are not willing to reorganize our entire lives in regards to now food prepping and watching our calories and all these things that people who are really achieving these levels that we see in increasing their deadlift numbers and getting bigger backs and bigger shoulders and more sculpted glutes and all those things. So really what it comes down to is most people were exercising for general health and fitness. And I would say a lot of people need to realize that that's okay. There's more benefits to exercise than just the, the typical things that we think about from magazines, right? Which are normally physique related, either getting leaner or getting more sculpted muscles or a little bit of both, more defined and shapely muscles. Uh, we forget about those things. Better sleep, less stress, more confidence. Here's a big one: less cause of all, or a reduction in all-cause mortality. That's doctor terminology for basically less risk of disease and and staying alive longer, <laughs> right? And and less sickness. So uh, obviously increases in bone density, tissue strength, um, capacity to be able to do things, lead an independent life, feel you know like you can go out and play frisbee with your neighbors or your kids and not pull a hamstring kind of thing. These are, these are real, very realistic, very great goals to have. But a lot of people think that they're failing or think that they're not really, this thing, this exercise thing is not for me because 
they don't see regular changes and weights lifted or they're not losing weight and things, but they're still regularly exercising. We keep in mind, that's still a very good thing to do. You just might not be exercising for the reason that other people that you may see in magazines or on social media are exercising. And that's okay. It's try- what I'm talking about here is bringing fitness back to the world of fitness. We seem to have lost that. Well, and, and let me ask you about that. I mean, is it a matter of resetting expectations or resetting priorities? Because I think I think you're kind of right with that. I think a lot of people get stuck in this rut of they want to, okay, I want to increase lean muscle mass, or they think they need to, you know, they, they think they need to do this, but is there anything wrong? I mean, you kind of talked about it just a little bit, but is there anything wrong for the guy or for the people out there who just, they just want to go, they, they enjoy going to the gym, they enjoy exercise, and they don't particularly care about being shredded or anything like that. They just want to stay in shape. I mean, is there anything wrong with that? No, it's fantastic. And, and let's, let's face it, everybody would love to look better but the question is, I think you use the keyword priorities. You know, it again is what is your main priorities in life? You know, there's this idea that it's just not realistic for most people to organize their lives around kitchens and gyms. Kitchens mean food preparation and gyms mean, you know, spending a lot of time there, like a lot of trainers who happen to be gym rats and like a lot of people that we know at the gym who are gym rats. Most of us are not trying to be elite gym people. We are trying to be elite moms and dads and lawyers and doctors and mechanics and postmen and postwomen and so on and so forth, and exercise for general health. Now, we like to say, hey, I'd like to get bigger arms. I'd like to get a flatter this, a flatter that. But when it really comes down to it, the, the steps that we really need to take to do that, we look at it and just go, that's just not realistic for me. The thing that we're talking about here that we want to establish is that's okay. That doesn't mean you're failing. It just means that you need to understand and have a realization that I'm not exercising for maybe the reasons I thought because that's all I knew how to ask for. Well, and I think I'm going to pause right there, Nick, because I think that's such a great point. That's why you you have such a common sense approach, a non-BS approach, because I think it really is a matter of having that right expectation because I think a lot of people come in – think if they join a gym, they think they have to, you know, if I join a gym, I think that this whole misconception is I have to have these goals. I need to get shredded, you know? And, and so it sounds like you're, you're recommending that that's, if you want to do that, yes, but you don't necessarily have to do that. Is that, am I hearing you right? Correct. And a lot, and a lot of trainers, people in our field don't actually help because we say, Oh, well, you're just not prioritizing it. Well, it's a time we just go, well, yeah, my priorities are not like yours. Your priority is to be an elite lifter because you're into powerlifting, you're into CrossFit, or you're into whatever, you're into Spartan races. You know, me, I'm trying to be an elite, insert parent, you know, insert career, whatever it is, and I'm using this to keep my health and offset aging and keep active. Basically, this is my adult PE, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, but what we have lost, what us trainers have done a poor job of, but what we've lost is understanding that there are lots of great benefits to exercise aside from the obvious physique-related type of goals. And, you know, listen, I'll be the first one to tell you, and any trainer, unless you're in a powerlifting gym or a bodybuilding-focused gym or a sports performance facility where you're training a lot of high school athletes and kid athletes and pros, if that, that pretty much I'm talking about most gyms across the, the world, most people going to the gym, most trainers, most of their clients will train with them for years and hardly, if ever, look any different from the day they stepped in with the trainer. Now, 
that's not at all. That doesn't mean a bad trainer or anything. It just means that those clients, they have all the information there. I'll be the first one to tell you. And any other trainer that says otherwise, they're lying, unless they're only training physique competitors. Because most people that are coming in are coming in for general health and fitness, whether they know it or not, and they're not willing to reorganize, like I said, their entire life around it because they have different priorities. Exercise is secondary to them, and that's okay because they're still benefiting from all the, the health and fitness goals that it comes from, but they're not, you know, they don't need to be a gym rat. And we need to all understand that just because you're not acting like a gym rat in how often you're thinking about the food that you eat and how often you're organizing your life around your workouts, you know, the old, well, I can't do it because I got to work out type of person. That's not for everybody. In fact, it's not for most people. And that's, and that's not- okay. You're not failing. And I think that's such an important recognition to, to, to make, and that's that's one of the reasons why I started doing this this podcast. I mean, one one of my taglines, Nick, is is fitness is having the ability to do what you want to do when you want to do that. And and you have a wide breadth of a wide you know kind of base of experience, and you you also have worked with a lot of fitness competitors. How hard is it? I mean, if somebody does want to train to step on a stage, if that is their goal, how much effort does that take outside the gym? I mean, you talk about kitchens, gyms, and bathrooms. What do you mean by that? And so if you have somebody that's listening that says, hey, I want to do a figure competition or I want to do a bodybuilding competition, what should they be ready for? If they, if they, if they turn that mindset on, what, what are they committing to? Well, basically your entire life needs to be organized around that. Now, when I say the bathrooms, it's kind of a joke because if you're spending as much time eating and drinking fluids, you're going to be <laughs> a lot of time in the bathroom. So that one, that one is kind of a joke, right, yeah, that, yeah. I, that I have. Um, but but it, so it's – it really, it's like I said, it has to become, think about any, any sacrifice you had to get a college degree, whatever degree you may have. Think about how often you're having to work and think about whatever career you're in, or if you're a parent, how much effort it takes when you have a child. Because people say, oh, it's not about you anymore. It's about the kids, right? Well, that is exactly what happens when you want to take an endeavor like doing some sort of competition. Everything else in your life, your career, your family, you can still do fine with them, but that has they have that something has to take precedence. We have a saying, you can only be elite at one thing. You can do many things, but you can only be elite at one thing. And when you go into doing like a, some sort of physique related competition, when I say that as an umbrella term, I mean males and females, bikini, bodybuilding, men's physique, uh, women's physique, figure, uh, just an umbrella term, then it really has to take that much thought about, you know, what you're going to get in your grocery, in your grocery bag. It, do you prep your meals every Wednesday and Sunday? And the ones you prep on Wednesday last year to Sunday, and you know, you have to prepackage them all, all you got to make sure you're getting your macros in. You basically can't miss workouts at this point. Everything. It's no more. Oh, I'd like to go to the gym. Oh, I missed it. No big deal. I'll go tomorrow. No, no more of that. So it's a whole different ballgame, and it's got to be something that you really – that sacrifices that you make are, are worth it to you in the end. And a lot of people find it's like, no, that's not it. That's, that's actually not what I'm really interested in doing when, with this exercise thing. And, and, and I, that's okay. Yeah, and I think that's important to, to realize because people – because again, I think a lot of people will get into this mindset of like, I need to join a gym, therefore I need to have this total overall physique. But I think it becomes, and I like the fact, I really like that that point, Nick, to, to, to hone in on this for a second, is you can only be elite at one thing. 
And I think if people want to be elite at being a parent or be elite at, at whatever their job is, I think they need to recognize that, that the gym is not where they're going to be elite. You know, is that, is that kind of where, what you try to get through with people when you start work, working with them as clients is that they need, if they have these goals, that needs to become a priority. Otherwise, you just have to set the expectations accordingly. Well, that's, that's correct. And it, the, the biggest takeaway here, and some trainers, let me, I'll say two things. Some trainers or some people who are really gym rat types, one of the things I commonly hear say is, that, well, you're just giving your clients permission to be satisfied with being mediocre. And I go, okay, the problem is when, when a lot of trainers say, well, they just don't care. They don't look any different. And they're not, they just don't care. They're, they don't remember half the things I've taught them. No, it's that they don't care what you care about. See, a lot of trainers, we have an epidemic right now in training that it's about the trainer and not about the client anymore. And, um, and we have a lot of what I would call fitness hobbyist training clients. Let me give you an example. You have somebody who, uh, you know, started off at some sort of group training gym and they turned their life around and they created a community and great. And now they wanted to get certified in whatever that community provides because they want to get other people excited about what got, what turned them around. Okay. That's a very well-intentioned, their heart is in the right place. But that doesn't make them a fitness professional who understands the technical aspects of exercise prescription. You see, so right now that person, their heart is 100% in the right place, and they may be a great motivator, but that's really a little bit about them. It's not as much about the client anymore because that person is not diverse in working with different people of different goals. That person is really a cheerleader for one thing. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes it's tough for trainers to understand that. So normally... Uh, if you find a trainer who has preferences, if you have a trainer who's preference towards powerlifting, they're not, I promise you most of the time, when you look at their workouts for all their clients, regardless of those individual clients' goals, they're giving private or semi-private lessons in powerlifting. You find someone who's really into Pilates and yoga, interesting, all their clients seem to need Pilates and seem to be need more flexibility. <laughs> yeah. Right? That, okay, great. But that's not personal training. That's impersonal training. All right? That's about the trainer. So again, some of this is, is on our end, but so it's not going back to my point about being satisfied with being mediocre. No, it just means that this person, again, is not trying to be an elite gym rat. You know, this idea that you're somehow lesser of a human, that you're not trying to be a gym rat and organize your life around kitchens, gyms, is just, a, is just an elitist gym rat mentality perpetuated by trainers. <laughs> and I think that's yeah. I think that's very I think that serves against what a lot of people are trying to do because I do think I mean Nick you can you and I can probably agree that that's what probably turns a lot of people off I mean if people were listening to this and they they kind of have a roll in their eyes going yeah I tried talking to a trainer and you know if you're if I'm twenty years twenty five years older than some buff kid or buff woman you know in a tight fitting shirt I don't know if I can relate to him or her you know what I mean do you see a lot of that disconnect in, in your journeys. Well, sure. And I've been part of that. I've been guilty of that. We have all made mistakes and things. But, but again, the other thing is that the key to this is just understanding the biggest thing that we've lost is, is in the health and fitness industry, which started as health and fitness, has become the performance and physique field. And we have tons of people that think, and even a lot of our clients that think, well, if I'm not changing how I look all that much, and I'm not constantly getting stronger in this lift or that, I'm wasting my time. So then they just stop completely. Well, that's that's the worst possible thing you can do. Because what you're saying is if I can't fit the extreme, 
if I can't fit the smallest percentile of people, then I might as well not, then it's not for me. And that is, we can't always, first off, everything comes from the self. It's, 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 I'm trying to create a better perspective that there is a lots of other reasons that are viable, well-evidenced, respectable goals to have that have to do with exercise. And we've lost that, that, that aside from the physique benefits. The second thing is you start off maybe as a recreational exerciser, but then after months or even some years, things change in your life. Maybe other things, business things get more settled that you wanted and you have a little extra time. And then you say, yeah, you know what? Now my priorities are going to change. I don't need to spend as much time on this business I've been getting started. The business is doing pretty well. I'm pretty, you know, so now I can spend a little extra time. Now I'm going to try some of this meal prep stuff and I'm going to try to ramp up my training. Maybe I want to do some sort of physique related competition. Maybe I want to train for something and see, that's okay too. But that part would have never gotten to if you hadn't had the perspective from the beginning that I just said. And, and that's an important thing. And I think that's one of the thing, reasons why, you know, because I want to take this now to, to kind of shift to, to talk about, you know, your next book. Because I think that's one of the things that we we're talking about before I hit record with your book. You know, what's your, what's your third book titled and, and, and what's it, what it's going to be about? So the book's going to be titled Your Workout Perfected. It's already available for pre-order on Amazon. That's my shameless plug. Um, <laughs> we'll have a, li- we'll we have talk- a link down below in the show notes. So that's, yeah, Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate that. So what we talk about is in the book is there's four main reasons why people exercise. Um, we have fat loss, and we have muscle gain, which we call physique. We have function and performance, which is to increase some sort of metric, you know, your strength or how many push-ups you can do or how high you can jump, fast you can run, things like that. And then you have what I've been talking about, fitness. And if you look across the spectrum at most people in most gyms, we'll see. Most of us aren't really changing our physiques all that much. I'm a trainer. I've been looking pretty much the same for the last few years. It's not for lack of knowledge. <laughs> it's just that my priorities are more into writing books. Yeah. You see? Yeah. I, so I still go to the gym on a regular basis, but I'm not willing to – eat like a physique competitor. I'm not willing to eat like I was when I was training Muay Thai all the time because my priorities are different. All right. So I'm a great example. Okay. So we talk about fitness and in each four of those chapters, I clarify myths and misconceptions about training for each of those goals and establish principles, how to train for those goals. And then we have corresponding workouts for each of those chapters. So in the book, you'll get if your goal is more fat loss oriented, we've got a ton of workouts in the book for you. If it's more physique, maximize muscle development, um, closer to that bodybuilding style, then we have a ton of workouts in the book for you. If it's for function and performance, we have a whole chapter dedicated to that. And then if you basically say, well, you know what? I, I'm kind of in the middle of all of those. I want to you know, improve how I move a little bit, but I'm not chasing bigger deadlift numbers. I want to let my shoulders a little bit more sculpted, but I'm not trying to train like a bodybuilder. And I'm certainly not trying to restrict myself as much on a diet. What I jokingly say is, is you're training for defense, not eating for offense, right? I like that. <laughs> That's a good way. I like that. You're exercising to offset some of the things you eat. Then you're a fitness person. But I still want to stay active. I still want to lead an independent life. I know my body needs to move. I know I need to regularly break a sweat. I know I need to do some resistance training. So it's basically training for all – fitness is basically training for all three of the previous goals without going to the extreme of either one of them. And I think that – you know, We have workouts I, for that too. What, what I love about that, Nick, is you're giving people permission to enjoy exercise. I mean ultimately that's what you're doing, right? 
Ab- ab- absolutely. So that's one thing. Listen, the biggest thing with di- with diet or nutrition is adherence. Yeah, okay. Everybody says, well, I love pizza and I love chocolate. All right, well, within reason here. But there's lots of ways to get in your macros and have a re- be in a caloric deficit that work and it has to fit your preferences. Now, here's one other thing that's important I want to add when we talk, talk about this workout. It also changes based on times of year and what's happening in our lives. Here's a great example. I've, you know, any, any trainer who's been around for a while or anybody who's listening who's an accountant or work with an accountant, all of us, most of us do. If that, if that accountant, you get them during tax season, you know, hmm. a few months leading up to it, yeah. you could take the most dedicated accountant going who's, who's into, let's say, physique-related stuff. Good luck. Watch, watch how their workouts change three weeks before tax season. They'll all go, I'm so swamped right now, I hardly have time to breathe. So guess what that person becomes? That person becomes more of a fitness type person. Yeah, because now their priority becomes getting their life, you know, getting everybody else's taxes together. You know, it's funny that I love the fact that you're hitting on that because for years I've tried to, when I've done workshops for trainers, I've tried to get them asking, you know, ask clients, when are your busy seasons? You know, what are your busy times? Because, you know, your, your attorney or not your attorney, but your, your accountant is not going to be able to work out the same in March as he, as he or she is in July because of the demands on their time. You know, that said, how often should the regular person? So take your, take a fitness person who enjoys, they go to the gym, maybe they take cycling class a couple days a week, maybe they take a couple classes, a couple other classes a couple days a week, maybe they do one or two, you know, strength training workouts. How often should a regular fitness person be changing their workouts? Like, you know, should they change their workouts or how often should they think about that variation? No, that's a really good question. And I would say that's personal preference. So I would say this, um, what I find, and I actually talk about this in the book, um, what I find is that if you would fall into the category of more a general recreational exercise or health and fitness enthusiast kind of person, then those folks seem to like more regular variety. That being said, that's only because they're being taught. So if they're coming to the trainer, I- I'll tell you the two things I've used to always ask my clients, what do you, why do you keep coming back? Cause I've had amazing retention with, with clients. Um, even, even now I only train part-time and I'm constantly traveling, which they know, they understand. I still have amazing retention. I'm always asking the same two questions. Why do you keep coming back? What do you like most? And since I'm 38 years old, since I've been 18 years old, started my own gym with a business partner, 20 years old, full-time with multiple clients an hour. I've got a lot of database to work from and talk to other trainers around the world. And they say the same thing. The clients, general fitness clients, not physique, not people training for powerlifting. They all say the same thing. When I come in here, here's one of them. When I come in here, I don't want to think. Number two, I love the variety. Now, let's look at two of the most popular types of business models in fitness in the current day, CrossFit, Orange Theory Fitness. What are two of the big tenants? Variety, variety, variety. Now, you could disagree with certain methods that those, those use. Fine, I would be in that same boat. But there's a reason why they're so successful at what they do because they're appealing to a need and they're getting people, you know, to continue to come in. Now, if you're someone on a physique-related goal or a powerlifting-related goal, you actually are the opposite. You need some sort of structure because you need to know that you're getting stronger than you were last week, so you need to have some consistency. 
right? Imagine if you were training for boxing and your boxing coach just totally t- changed up everything every to every lesson. You'd never learn how to box. You have to have fundamentals at that point. So that's one thing. Now, I would say general fitness people, if they're working out on their own, sometimes the variety can throw you off because it's more things to memorize. That might be easy for a trainer like us because we were encyclopedias of exercises, but not someone else. So in that case, I might give a client, if you're working with me, a consistent program to follow and I may cycle through. So I might say, here are three different workouts. Just cycle through these. Because each time you do them, and I can give you different rep ranges, and this is actually what we have in the book. So I can take three workouts, give you three different ways to do the workouts, change the order of the exercises, change the reps. So now you have three permutations, a different experience of the same basic workout, and I give you three of those. It's nine workouts. So if you're working out three times a week, well, geez, how many weeks is that before you actually get back to the same workout? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good structure because, I mean, what I think people need is people need some structure – <laughs> excuse me, but they also need a little variability because they don't want to always do the same thing over and over again. And why is, why is it important to have some consistency in exercise? I mean, we know you and I both know this, but, but why is it important to have some consistency and not always change your workout every day or every time you go to the gym? Well, keep in mind, it's, it's, um, there's always going to, there's only so many movement patterns that you're doing. And I would say you want to make sure that you're getting competent, at, uh, at the, the, how to load your body, right? So if you're constantly trying to learn a new movement every time, then that interferes with the intensity of the workout. Uh, again, you can only be elite at one thing. Am I going to be focusing on learning a new movement or am I going to be focused on loading a movement I'm familiar with doing, right? So in, when, 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 it, when it's new, intensity goes down because otherwise it becomes dangerous quick. I, you know what? I, I, say that again because I think that's such an important thing. When it's new, it, what, what did you just say? Because I think that's such an important thing, Nick. The more unfamiliar the movement that you're learning, the less intensity that you can go because the more risk you are of hurting yourself of not doing it correctly. Because your body doesn't know how to do it automatically. Correct. I mean, isn't that some of the benefit of, of being consistent with the workouts is that your body starts, you know, it becomes like a reflexive movement. And so you're able to use a heavier load. What's the benefit of using a heavier load? Well, you're building up tissue tolerance. You're building up well, – t- that would just basically mean in your muscles, you know, dealing with um, your connective tissues. And that's what your body works with. Picture it Picture like this. You're, the thing that separates your body from a car, your car is mechanical. And we've all heard the term bio, you know, biomechanics or even if you're a trainer. But we forget about the bio part. The bio part is the adaptive part. The difference between your body and your car is that your body actually, as your car gets stressed by going up a hill, your body actually can increase its horsepower to adapt to the environment that's it's constantly being demanded to exist in. That's why you get stronger. Now, you only get stronger in the recovery time. So in order to accommodate that, you keep having to ramp up the intensity of your workouts, weights lifted, reps done, in order to keep that process happening. Your body's only going to adapt to the level at which you use it at. Now, of course, there's a tipping point at which you, you're no longer causing positive change on the tissues. You're creating too much overload where the tissues can no longer adapt and they're getting damaged. And, and you know, because I want to talk real quick about strength training because, you know, your two previous books, you know, Building Muscle and Performance and Strength Training for Fat Loss, have focused, you know, specifically on techniques of strength training. 
how can strength training be beneficial for fat loss? I mean, because normally when we think of fat loss, you know, we think of, oh, I got to go sit on a car, you know, got to go do cardio for hours. How can strength training help promote fat loss? That's a great question. So the first thing I have to say is this, and this is coming from the author of a book titled <laughs> Strength Training for Fat Loss. If, if you're not in a caloric deficit, then you're not going to lose fat. Now, now, there's ways to create a caloric deficit. One is to eat less calories. Another, and they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, is to burn more calories through exercise. Or, of course, I'd probably say the safest bet is to do a combination of the two. But you have to be in a caloric deficit. Now, I need to have a little sidebar because I know what people's common counterarguments and concerns are. They say, oh, well, you give someone 2,000 calories of all junk food and candy and another person 2,000 calories of all whole foods and, you know, salad and chicken breast and all these things. You know, are, are you saying all calories are the same? No, there are certainly different nutrient values. I'm not talking about nutrient value, but a calorie is a measure of heat, right? Your body is a heat machine, hence burn calories. So the goal, the, the idea here is, though, is you can still gain fat from eating a primarily whole food-based diet. So, yes, you can be uh, well-nourished, hence the nutrient part, and overfed, meaning gaining fat. All right, so they're not mutually exclusive. It's not taking away the part that you want to emphasize more whole foods than what we would call junk foods or empty calorie foods. Okay, now with that disclaimer aside, the question is you only have so much time to exercise in the day when you go to the gym or you have your little home gym, whatever program that you do, what is best to focus on most of your time when you're at the gym? Well, first off, there's nothing wrong with doing cardio, but if we look at what the research demonstrates, I always like to go to research because it, I always tell it's not what this or that expert says, because we all know what opinions are. It's what the evidence says. And last year, or maybe two years ago, there was a meta-analysis that came out. A meta-analysis, for those who don't know, it's a study of studies. So I'm not just cherry-picking one study. They looked at uh, numerous studies that looked at fat loss and types of exercise, cardio, weight training, or a combination of cardio and weight training. And what did they find? That weight training across the board outdid the cardio and that cardio and weight training combined was no better than just focusing on weight training for fat loss. And they also said that if fat loss is the goal, the most effective version of strength training or resistance training is what they call metabolic resistance training. That means resistance training that's not the bodybuilding goal or the powerlifting goal to maximize size or strength but to maximize the metabolic demand of the workout. What this means in simple terms that we're all familiar with, that's more like circuit training or more like heavier lifting. Because both of those types, extended duration of work uh, with minimal rest or very intense shorter bursts of work, like lifting, deadlifting you know, a five-repetition max, weight that you can't lift any more than six reps or so, five or six reps, those tend to have a more, uh, be more metabolically demanding on your body. So that's what I talk about in the book, The Strength Training Fat Loss book. That's what I refine and continue to talk about in the fat loss chapter of this new book coming up. Because I think that's really important that people feel, you know, because number one, I think, you know, people need to find exercise that's fun, exercise that they like to do. And, you know, people have this this conception and, and you kind of you hit you hit it on it perfectly. They have this conception that, oh, I need to, you know, to do fat loss, I need to do this. And I like 
one of the reasons why you're so popular, Nick, is you always break it down and you always bring it down to, to the evidence stuff, you know, because there are so many ideas and, and hypotheses and, and things out there. In the last year, what what have you noticed has been like one of the big myths that you've been trying to pop up a balloon in? If there's like a myth balloon out there of something that you want to know that you want people listening to know they shouldn't pay attention to, what would one or two things be? I mean, you know, let's, let's kind of talk a little bit about some of the science and and talk about what some of the evidence suggests or some some of the evidence demonstrates. Well, I'm going to come. I'm going to take a little. I'm, I'm going to answer your question, but I'm going to say one that most people and most trainers probably aren't expecting. You know, we we expect you to say, "Oh, well, you know, spot reduction, right? You can't do a bunch of crunches and think it's going to reduce fat on you." But that's been played out. Everybody pretty much knows that at this point, right? Yeah. Those things. I'll tell you a really big myth that's really important to understand now. It's always been a myth, but it's worse than ever with the with the popularity of the, the social media, especially the Instagram type things and people following slick is I always say, be leery of the fittest person in the gym, especially the fittest trainer on the training staff, because I have never found, and again, I'm, I'm going to speak from my little world and then we're going to take it in a larger setting. I have never seen, I get around some of the best trainers in the world. I've been speaking all around the world. I do mentorships. I've been doing this for a long time. That rarely have I ever found a cor- actually I've never found a correlation or seen between the smarter and more competent a trainer is to help you, meaning the client with your goals, directly correlated with how fit they are. And now, in fact, now I'm not saying that just because someone is super fit doesn't mean they don't know anything. We got to get rid of that old myth that just be you're a gym rat. That means you're some sort of meathead. And you don't, you know, all you know is I pick things up, put things down. That's ridiculous. There's some extremely bright people whose main hobby is their own physique. Great. Good for them. I will tell you this though, for the most part, if that, cause because in, or unless someone's super blessed with genetics, um, then you have to understand that if that person's spending all that time meal prepping and lifting and doing extra lifts and extra cardio, what are they not spending their free time doing? Reading and learning about principles and concepts and the latest evidence to better train you for your goals. Because you are not them, and you may not have the same goals as them. So one of the biggest myths is that the leanest, biggest, strongest person in the gym is the most competent to train you. Man, I could give you a big – I'm giving you a big bro hug, a big mental bro hug for that now. I mean, you know, you and I have known each other for a while, and you you know me. I am not – I am far from the the jacked lean, you know, I'm not an underwear model. And I always tell people that I never intended to be an underwear model. You know, I'm just a guy that enjoys mm-hmm. exercise, enjoys fitness. And I think I agree with you because I think people have this idea that, you know, especially in this day and age of the Instagram trainer of, you know, they look like this. She looks like this. He looks like this. Therefore, he or she must know what they're talking about. When in reality, that person might be give, be blessed with genetics and, you know, they have a little little bit of knowledge, but the reality, the reality is they're more blessed with genetics than they are with knowledge. Don't you think that's one of the dangers of all the social media? Well, I, I, I don't disagree with you, but I want to clarify something. I, I would never just chalk up anybody's to genetics at all. What I'm saying is that person's probably working their ass off. But that all that time that they're spending working their ass off to build that, that means they're trying to be elite at being ha- their own physique. Remember I said you that's can only good, be elite yeah. at one thing. Like right. Yeah. So I, I think they're, they're probably working their tail off. The problem is there's only so much time in the day. That's less time and mental energy that you can go. If you're kind of thinking about your own PRs, personal records on lifts, or, you know what I mean? Getting a little extra this or extra that. And well, you're not, you're not reading on the principles of mechanics and latest research. Here's what I say. 
It's astronauts versus astronomers. Astronauts go into space. Astronomers are the ones who send them there. You want an astronomer training you. Now, who do you want giving you advice on what the emotional roller coasters and the and the, the, the experiences of dealing with, you know, a certain type of diet or getting on stage or how it feels on competition day, you need an astronaut. That's a great analogy, man. Yeah, that's so right, because the astronauts are the people doing that. The astronauts are the people, you know, that, that have taken that risk to go out there. And it's not that astronomers haven't. They just study more about the, you know, the, the angles and the, the velocities. and The and, universal principles that, take, that can take anybody there. All right. Now, let me ask you a question. What is, what is your next wave? I see uh, Nick Tumanello's next wave coaching program. What is that? Is that a coaching, an online coaching program you offer for people? Yes, but it's only for other trainers. Um, basically, it's this. Every, we've, the whole time we've been talking about the importance of having a coach or at least learning, uh, you know, improving in your field. But what we know as trainers is that you want to be able to set yourself apart from the crowd. And one of the best ways to do that is content creation. That, that's, that's, we've been talking about social media and a platform. It allows us to showcase our talent and showcase our abilities. Right. It's basically like, hey, everybody says you're good. Show me where are your testimonials. What are you capable of? Let me see you coach. Yeah. The proof is in the pudding, as everybody says. Right. So social media allows us to do that. However, nobody is providing trainers a, a coaching program for how to organize their thoughts and best showcase the talent that they have outside of the doors of their clients are working with. So the next wave coaching program is exactly that. We're trying to I'm trying to help create the next wave of movers and shakers in the fitness field, people that have a tremendous amount of talent. You Listen, Pete McCall was Pete McCall before you got hired by the companies. Nick Tuminello was Nick Tuminello before he got hired to teach. I just had to be put myself out there to let other people know it to then say, oh, we want to get this person. So I'm helping because I've, you know, there might be so self-serving, I've dominated the media in, in the last 10 years at every level from peer-reviewed publications to like the NSA personal trainer quarterly to oxygen magazine and YouTube and everything in between. And I know how to do that. So that's what I show trainers how to do. And that's a important program. But, and I think, I think, you know, to have mentors with your experience, Nick is very important because, you know, you want for people out there listening that are consumers, they want to know that their experience, that, that the, the fitness trainers are going to, the, the instructors are going to have leaders like you and myself and other people in the business that are showing the next generation the way. I, and I think mm-hmm. we kind of, you know, I don't say we owe it to the people, but I think we owe it to the industry and owe it to the consumers to kind of lead that, to lead that path. And it, how's, have people been, been, how have people been doing your program? I mean, I'm sure when people see it, you've been having a, a lot of people join, you know, join it and, and register for it. Have you seen some success in the people that have come through it? Yeah. Well, first off, I only take 10 people on at a time. We have that. And, uh, I don't do any advertising except for what I just have on my blog. And, and, uh, we've already had the first two articles from client, uh, from clients of mine. Again, these are trainers who already had a lot of success as trainers. They're just trying to, you know, diversify themselves. Um, we've already had an article approved by a major, uh, website that a lot of people know. And we've already had one, um, being looked at by a major fitness magazine. So I'm not going to give away the titles yet because they haven't technically been published. So I can't, you know, things do change, but we've already talked to the editors. So the very first two articles that I've helped them coordinate from idea to 
establishing the, the order of, of, of events and, you know, making sure to make this point, don't make this point, blah, 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 blah. We've already had two, you know, big wins so far. We just have to wait till they go down the pipeline. You know how it is, you know, sometimes an article might not be published till six months after it's been approved based on oh, yeah. timelines of magazines and things. Yeah. And then now if do you have online workouts available that people can can follow? I mean, like online. You, I don't know if you do online coaching, but if you have like workouts, people like your, your message, they like your style. Do you have workouts that people can download and follow? Um, yeah, well, currently I have one. I'm going to be working with the folks at exercise.com. I've already got a bunch of workouts designed. We are weeks away from getting the first one. It's going to be all about more muscle building focused. Um, but I'll have some MMA specific stuff, even fight prep MMA, because I was an MMA strength coach for eight years. Um, we have some beginner stuff coming up. It just takes some time to make sure all the videos for each exercise is there. But yeah, that's on the way, and it's on the way very, very soon. Cool. And when is when is your next book dropping? You, you say, yeah, let's, let's let's come back to that. You said it's coming out this spring. That's your workout perfected. What What's the expectation of that? Well, there's going to be – here's what I try to do with all, all of my books. One, I try to provide you a very wide variety of workout programs. So I try to give more value than your investment just out of that. If you're looking for, hey, just give me a whole bunch of cool workouts, if that's just all you're looking at, then there's going to be plenty to offer you. I also try to provide a lots of exercises, some traditional, some non-traditional. Even if you've been around for a long time, you'll get some new movement ideas um, this book, I think last time we counted, I just counted was 234 exercises in this book. So if you're just looking for a reference guide of just lots of cool moves, right. Um, you're going to get that as well. And then one of my little things is I'm, I'm kind of like a debunking, clarifying type person. Let's focus on principles, not opinions. Here's what the evidence says that you're going to get in the front of the book as well. So, and I speak in a way that a uh, trainer like yourself um, would appreciate, would get some, uh, a fresh view, but appreciate the scientific rationale and principle-based rationale for what we're saying, but that even the beginner exerciser, uh, would understand and the, you know, be able to e easily understand and apply, uh, how things are communicated in, in a way that they, that empowers the reader. So there's not going to be, there's no speaking over anybody's head. And, and I think that's important, Nick. And I, I think for listeners out there, when you when you if you're going to buy a workout resource, I really recommend looking at, at Nick's books. Um, I'll have a link to his Amazon webpage down below because there's a huge difference out there between people that might be a fitness model that might look great and might train their, their train their ass off as you as you referenced earlier. They might train hard, but they're not putting themselves out there working with other trainers. They're not speaking. They're not writing. They're not contributing to the industry. So that's one of the reasons why I like seeing, you know, I, I, it's good to see your success because you've done the right things. You, you've not only helped your clients, you've not only put the positive energy out there, but you're spending the time contributing to the industry, trying to make it be a better place. So that's where I really, you know, when people get your books, not only getting it, the stuff that's evidence-based, but they're getting it by somebody that's going out to the conferences and working with trainers and kind of putting his money where his mouth is, so to speak. I think that's such a different thing. Than, than so many other people might put out there in, in our commercial fitness space. Well, I appreciate it. Well, listen, when you commit to – the best coaches I've ever had commit to answers, but when you commit to answers, you're vulnerable. But um, I'm happy to do that because I know I put a lot of thought into things and nothing uh, – you know, you can tweak and make things as much as you can, but when you deal with practical challenges, you have to, you have to commit to answers. So I try to do that. 
And I think you do a great job, Nick. Hey, great, great catching up with you. And it's funny, last time, one of the last times I bumped in, Nick, I had a, you know, I, I've been fighting this cold with, with the travel and stuff. I had lost my voice, so I couldn't even have a, we couldn't even have a conversation like I'd wanted to. Oh, that's all right, man. We, we see each other a lot at these events, and we're always good catching up with these podcast interviews, and I'm always happy to help you in any way. And again, like I said, thank you for this this platform. I know it, it's a, it's an effort for you that you're providing people for free, and I want them to recognize that. You know, They're getting it for free, but it doesn't come free to you. It comes from, from work. Well, I appreciate that. Where, where are you going to be? Like in the first quarter of uh, 2018, do you have any uh, big shows? If, if somebody wants to see you speak, I know you have Bro Lando coming up. What are, what are a couple of other events you have coming up? Yeah, well, that's the. I would definitely want to promote that one. Um, Berlando just means it's in Orlando, and it's myself and Alan Aragon. I do the training, and Alan Aragon does the nutrition. Uh, we've had some people when they hear bro, they think we mean men. No, it's open to anybody. Uh, you know, everybody can be a bro, right? So, um, and we've also had at the last Berlando, we had a few non-trainers that showed up because they were just uh, followers and fans of our the work, and I would they're exercise enthusiasts. And they had a blast as well. So we welcome anybody to come to that. And we'll have plenty of time to hang out. That's what we mean by bro, which just means we'll all be bros and have a good time. Um, so that'll be in Orlando, February. I want to say February 10th and 11th. And then uh, I'll be in Australia in April. And where else will I be? I think I'll be in NSCA TSAC in April. That's tactical strength and conditioning. And uh, I'm probably leaving out a couple of events. Oh, I'll be in Spokane, Washington in April as well. So, yeah, some cool things coming up in the uh, winter and spring of next year. Cool. Well, I'll have your personal blog down below, and uh, that way if people want to find out where you are, and I know I'll probably be seeing you at one or two of those events, and, and always look forward to catching up with you, always look forward to, to kind of reading your stuff and, and hearing what you have to say. Now, let me ask you last question here. What airline do you fly, and, and you know, just, just like in terms of style and mileage status, in terms of how you – because with as much as you travel, man, I know you have to have, like, the, the, the super elite status. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I tend to mix up my airlines a little bit. I would say I'm, I would probably bias towards JetBlue, but I have that, um, what is it, that Chase Re- Sapphire Reserve card, oh, okay. and that's like you get like three times the points on travel, and obviously, anytime you buy food or you buy travel, you get like three times points. So, and that applies to anything. It gets you into all the cool, um, all the cool airport lounges and. Uh, so I have I have that card, and that's very it's it's designed for people like myself and yourself who are really big travelers. I might need to look into that, yeah, because I, I fly yeah. one airline exclusively, and so I wasn't sure if you did that. And and lastly, no, it applies to any airline, so your points can go to any airline. That's why I like it. That I, I'll definitely have to take a look at that. And just just as we wrap up, Alan Aragon, for people who might not know, definitely take a look, and I'll have a link down um, to some of Alan's stuff because Alan does a lot of nutrition stuff for men's health, right? Oh, yeah. Alan, yeah. Alan is one of the best in the business when it comes to evidence-based, I mean, science-based um, nutrition and supplementation advice. And he's just, he's got a great delivery. You know, that's what really separates us, right? What is your delivery style? And he's just a very bright uh, person with great, reliable information, one of the most humble people you'll know. He's entertaining and uh, just one of the best presenters on nutrition, I think, in the world. So the chance to hang out with both you and Alan for a couple of days and learn in, in Orlando in February. Hey, I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, I live in San Diego, but if I were living in one of the, if I were living in New England or one of the cold spots of the country, I would, I would circle that weekend on the calendar and plan on attending, you know, even if I wasn't a trainer. Appreciate the promo, man. All right. Hey, Nick, thanks for your time, man. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you.
One of the reasons I enjoy speaking with Nick when we're on the road is he always does a very good job of breaking down the science into easy to understand and very digestible information. I have his two books right now, and I'm looking forward to his third book coming out because it just is a good resource for me, and I, I get some great ideas. I always try to, to buy different books, especially of my friends. I want to support my friends, and a lot of them are really smart. I'm always impressed by that. Nick always blows me away with his recall and what he's able to come up with uh, in, in some of our discussions, which is why I enjoy featuring him on this podcast. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this, is I want to be able to bring you the insights. You may have read about Nick and and some of Nick's stuff in Men's Health. I want to give you a little bit more depth to who he is. You might see some of his stuff at a bookstore and on Amazon. And I want you to know the type of person he is and that he's really good quality. And and, and the guests I have on, I would not invite anybody to be on the show who I didn't think was worth your time listening to. I really don't. And, And I like this conversation about, you know, expectations, about setting up expectations, about having realistic expectations. Because when it comes to exercise, I think sometimes we maybe expect too much from it, or maybe we expect it to change us. If you're not ready to make the commitment, I really like what he says about the kitchens and the bathrooms. If you're not ready to make a commitment in all aspects of your life, and I hear this from a lot of my guests, because yes, doing the physical work is part of it, but you also need to change lifestyle habits. You need to sleep more. You need to drink more water. You need to make better nutritional choices. You know, unfortunately, exercise isn't easy. You know, these bodies you see on the movies, these things you see in the media, they don't just happen. They take a lot of work. If any of you have ever trained for a competition, a figure competition, bodybuilding, you know how excruciating challenging that is. I've never done that because, frankly, A, it hasn't been an interest of mine. And B, you know, I'll be 100% honest. I don't want to work that hard. I'd rather go out and play rugby and run into people full speed than train to walk around on a stage in my underwear. But I wanted to bring you. Uh, I wanted to bring you the information about Nick, and I wanted to be able to highlight his new book because it's a great resource. You know, and, and the information that you're going to get from any guests you have on here, you'll learn how to do something a little bit different in your training. And it might be worth, you know, some, if you feel that you're stuck, and and maybe you know maybe you're kind of stuck with what you're doing in exercise. Maybe it'll help to have a goal, or maybe set a new expectation. You know, if you're fine, you're getting in a rut. You know. Maybe set an expectation, just having fun with exercise. That would be my challenge to you. Try that for 30 days. Say, I'm going to have fun with my workout today. Because you know, nobody wants to do stuff they don't enjoy, right? If you don't enjoy going to the gym, we have to reshift our focus and find something that gives us joy, that makes it fun. Nobody likes doing anything that's not fun. Nobody likes doing something that's unpleasant. So if you find yourself there, shift your expectation. Instead of saying I'm going to work out to punish myself for what I did this weekend, I'm going to work out because I enjoy it. I'm going to work out because I love myself. I love my body. I want to make my body as strong as it can be. I want to feel better today. That's why I'm going to go to the gym. You know, try that shift for for a day, a week. You know, just think about setting the expectation of when you go into the gym, have fun. Learn something new. Take a new fitness class. Take a new group exercise class. Maybe do a few sessions with that trainer that everybody raves about because all you can do is get something out of it. You know, I love talking and meeting with different people because I always learn something new. <laughs> to be honest, that's one of the selfish reasons I started doing this podcast. I have a reason now to, to talk to some of the smartest people in our industry. That's purely for selfish reasons. I learn something with every conversation I have. And what I'm trying to do is share that information with you. That's how I got started in the education in the first place. I wanted to learn more. So doing these interviews, being able to speak with people like Nick and other guests I have on, 
I'm learning a lot. And I'm just trying to share that information with you. I got some really, really, really cool guests coming up. I got a couple of professional athletes I'm speaking with. I got some people that have done some tremendous work in fitness and outside of fitness. So if you enjoy all about fitness, please do me a favor, get a, give it a rating. If you have an idea for a guest, um, I've gotten a couple of emails from, from listeners who've given me some great ideas for guests. If you have an idea for a guest, please uh, send it to me, Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. That's Pete at PeteMcCallFitness.com. My social media tags will be down below in the show notes, as will all the information about Nick Tumanello and how you can order his newest book from Amazon. Thanks for stopping by All About Fitness. I look forward to having you join me for future episodes.